Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. I can honestly say that I believe this with my whole heart. In today's episode, number 39, Judy interviews me about a birth or adoption story. My legacy writing is called Family, Not If, But When. We talk about making decisions in life. You know, there are no guarantees, but it's vital to keep moving towards what you dream. We also discuss having short-term sacrifices as you work towards a long-term goal. Lastly, we get into the roller coaster of emotions that I had during the 14-year span that was infertility work and the adoption process. Welcome. This is the Sidetracked Legacies Podcast, and I'm your host, Lisa Hoffman. Do you have ideas and thoughts that you'd like to share with your children or grandchildren? Have you learned some life lessons that might help others? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you need to get it down on paper. The world needs your stories, values, wisdom. We call this legacy work. The Sidetrack sisters have been getting together to write for years, and the topic that we most enjoy writing about is ourselves, who we are, what we've done, and what we believe. Now, we want to extend the invitation for others to join us. So, grab a notebook, journal, or laptop, and listen in while the Sidetrack sisters share thoughts and tips on how to uncover, communicate, and preserve your stories. So, one more quick thing before we dive into today's episode please rate and review the Sidetrack Legacies podcast because it will help others find us. And also, be sure to subscribe or follow us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to be notified whenever we have a new episode. And now, here we go. Hey, Judy. Lisa. Hi. How are you? I'm doing really well, and I'm so excited because it's your turn in the hot seat to talk yes. about your writing. And so. what's so fun about this is that now you guys have all got birth stories, and mine is adoption, and so we called mine the the birth of a family. So that's not oh, the I love you know. That. So it it does go in the genre of birth and adoption, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I'm, I'm mine is very different than than all of yours. I think that's great. I think that's what this is all about. Here we are so closely related and yet our stories are all quite different. Exactly. So when we talk about in um, legacy writing, you know, here's the topic. I mean, this just goes to prove once again that we're not looking for a cookie cutter approach. Everybody has their own very unique story and that's the glory of getting it down. Well, and I can only tell you that for me, there has been such joy in writing some of these stories because they've been things I've experienced, but I've never really seen them in writing. And then yeah. even we're putting pictures with them and putting them on our blog. I think yeah. that's great. Okay. And it's not easy. Sometimes no. the pictures are really challenging. I, I think the pictures are harder than the words, to be honest with you. Yeah, I wish I, I know. were and we, we We have a, a, about a week to, to kind of prep for our thoughts for a topic. And right. um, sometimes that time is all taken with, I'm going to write about whatever I can find a picture about. But <laughs> I'm not really. Isn't I mean, that the truth? And you can write it 10 different ways. I yes, mean, it, exactly. You know, but so I mean, usually we're able to find something or at least a clip art to go. I mean, there was a couple of times that we've, you know, it's like, no, there are no pictures of blank. 
Um, yeah. So you just kind of have to punt. But um, I've, that's... I've resorted to avatars sometimes. Yes. Too. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. I am ready. Go for it, Lisa. So my um, legacy writing is called Family, Not If, But When. Okay. I've always known I wanted a family. When I was in elementary school, I was committed to adoption. At the age of 10, I didn't want to contribute to world overpopulation. As college students involved in an evangelical fundamentalist church, my fiance Tom and I discussed and were excited about the idea of having 13 children. Uh, this idea also served to traumatize both sets of our parents. <laughs> then as a young married couple, we decided to divorce because I continued to be committed to the prospect of raising a child or children. However, his feelings had changed. He enjoyed and believed a more carefree life that focused on music was more in line with his needs. Then I met Craig. I shared with him on our first date that I wanted a family, but it wouldn't be easy. He was game for pursuing infertility work or adoption from the very beginning. Now, you see, I had actively begun trying to get pregnant after five years of marriage with Tom. It was 1992. Like so many couples, we just assumed it would happen quickly when the decision was made. It didn't. See, with Tom, there was infertility work, marriage counseling, a separation, buying a dog, moving, and a divorce. Then I rocked the single life and began exploring adopting a little girl from China as a single woman. But then I met Craig. There was dating, marriage, more infertility, a military deployment, an adoption match, Russian adoption shut down, our match falling through, and finally deciding to go blind to meet our potential children. For me, this involved 14 years of dreaming, planning, working, hoping, and disappointments. Lots and lots of disappointments. But it was also years of choosing, of journey, of decisions. I remember one decision vividly, the decision to transition from infertility work to an adoption journey. Traveling to a specialist in Milwaukee, I think it was Brookfield or New Berlin maybe, I had regular blood tests to check hormone levels and vaginal ultrasounds monitoring egg development. We'd spent thousands of dollars on medicine to increase my egg, egg production and then to put me into temporary early menopause. I would always get the first appointment at the clinic and then race on the interstate to work. I'd keep in touch with Deb, the school secretary, to make sure someone would temporarily cover my class for a couple of minutes if I was late. Well, on this morning, I was driving like a bat out of hell to get to work. I had met with doctor, and he had recommended that our next IVF involve donor eggs. My sister, Michelle, was a very good candidate. His words flowed through my mind, and I watched them, disconnected. They seemed like butterflies exploring me as I watched and evaluated them. I pulled into the parking lot at my school and sat there. Although I was a couple minutes later than usual and all the children were off the playground and in the classrooms, I stayed, not moving. Questions came. How does this idea feel? Does it feel like the next step? The next thought that flowed into my soul was that pregnancy was an experience for a short period of time. What I was really interested in, what I was really seeking, was a family. It was time to move from the possible to the probable. I was going to transition from if to when. I literally switched, flipped the switch from getting pregnant to deciding to focus on adoption. One door shut, and I walked toward another opening. There was an exit for the road less traveled just ahead. 
Before I got out of the car to go into work, I knew that I would never see that infertility doctor again. No more crazy drives down the interstate trying to get to work on time. No more daily injections. No more expensive drugs. Four years later, July 5th, 2006, Craig and I left Moscow with two little boys. Our family was born. I cannot hear that story without wiping tears. I just can't. <laughs> it is so beautiful. And, oh. you know, I, I envy something that you have about you. And that is when you make a decision, you make a decision and you mm -hmm. have a knowingness within you that it's the right decision. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't believe that I've known you to second guess those decisions. Oh, why second? I mean, the big ones. I'm talking the big ones. No, I'm talking big ones too. I mean, yeah. like, um, like, like right now, um, moving toward, you know, I, I've committed to this podcast and mm -hmm. the sidetrack legacies and becoming a life coach. And no, I mean, I think to myself, I'm, I'm writing thoughts down along this, this journey that I'm on right now, because there are many like times was like, you know, I should just do this. I should just, you know, get a job, you know, as a librarian, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, you know, or a forklift driver at the Walmart distribution center and, and Aww. just, you know, just, just do that because this, it's not a guarantee. It's not a given. It's not, it's not something that most people do. And I'm pressing forward on something that people, I get lots of people going, you can make money doing that, <laughs> you know, or, and, mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm sacrificing some things in the short term for a goal in the long term. And, you know, so getting back to the adoption, you know, um, there were in adoption, lots of, of struggles. I mean, I remember one sure. of them was, um, I, we had went with an adoption agency and then they lost their accreditation in Russia and Russia was going through a whole transition and the Russia opened up and our agency didn't get reaccredited and there were shutdowns and it was just a mess um, before, of course, now Russia has shut down totally for American adoptions. But I um, about all that. Yes. <laughs> when we were getting, it was close to getting our adoption referral. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about when we were adopting Aubrey. Um, that there, you know, you, you make the choice to adopt, adopt, and we were given a choice to do a private adoption, which um, required a lot of money up front, and there was mm -hmm. no guarantee. And um, I, I really struggled with passing up that opportunity. And mm -hmm. um, just because oh, I remember that now that you say uh, it. Yep. Yeah. So, but with the, with the adoption rush uh, the Russian adoption and adopting the boys, you know, yeah, I definitely, when we, we moved from infertility work to adoption, it was literally, it, it, the decision was black and white. It was, and fortunately, you know, with Craig, he really took my lead and respected my feelings about, you know, the pace of our, um, building a family. I mean, he was all uh -huh. for it. I mean, I was 36, 35 and right. 36. And he was, you know, four years younger than I am. And he was, you know, it was like, okay, if you want to keep doing this, we'll do this. If you want to go that direction, we'll go that direction. Um, so uh -huh. I really have to appreciate his um, willingness to, to follow my lead. Well, I think so too. And I think he trusted the fact that you had done so much research over the years and, mm -hmm. you know, you had 
had this catharsis, you know, with the in vitro. And Mm -hmm. I think he knew you well enough to trust that the decision was a good decision. Well, and And I I think think he also had witnessed me um, in the in vitro. And the last time we did it, I was on bed rest for I don't know how long it was several days. Mm -hmm. And I just remember he said something quite crude about if you would plug me into the grid, I could have lit up the whole city. I was so vibrating with energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a really hard time relaxing um, Mm -hmm. because, and you're supposed to, yeah, you just relax and, you know, take it easy. <laughs> yeah, it didn't happen. How so. do you spell fat chance, right? <laughs> yeah. So much yeah. going on and so much riding on mm-hmm. those moments, you know. Yeah. I wow, I, I think that would have to be really tough to do, you know, really yeah. tough. So, so you know, the infertility work, what he saw was my um, you know, he 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 felt kind of pessimistic, I think, about my ability to get pregnant when he saw how how wanting it so much affected my emotional stability, I guess. Um, sure. you know, because I've been working on it for so long. I mean, um, my ex-husband and I had been married for, um, you know, six, seven years before we started trying to start a family. And uh-huh. that was the, the doom of the relationship, um, right. was, you know, he decided that, no, this is not what I want. And I right. continued to want that original goal. And, um, so yeah, it, it's very stressful for a couple to be going through um, infertility work. And, and I think lots of, of couples who, who go through that process don't end up together, don't stay together um, for a multitude of reasons, but it is extremely stressful. Oh, I, I've heard of numerous people who just can't make it through that. It's mm-hmm. just because what happens is we were talking earlier tonight about judgment and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it's so hard not to judge one or the other or to say it's your fault or, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. then when it doesn't work, you know, you start yeah. digging into, oh, no, 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 I don't even want to go there. You know, <laughs> I had I just the opposite. I'd been told all my life I couldn't conceive. And I thought, okay, that's taken care of. And then all of a sudden I winded up prego. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? I don't know. How did that happen? happen? I think I have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was that special seed, you know, we've all Oh, goodness. (sighs) You know, I just, you know, 14 years of dreaming and planning and all. I mean, that's fortitude, Lisa. How did you hang in there for that period of time? Well, you know, one of the things that happened you know, when, when you're going through the infertility, that is, you know, it's a day by day roller coaster. And as I mentioned in the story, I told Deb, our secretary, you know, she, I was in, in constant contact with her because these daily, I mean, not daily maybe, but every other day I had to, to drive, you know, um, to Milwaukee to get these tests done. And then I'd go to work. Heaven forbid, should I, you know, be more than a couple minutes late. Um, you know, and I, and then that didn't work. Then the next thing was the adoption and the adoption was just the exact opposite. It was weeks and months and years of no word of nothing happening of, you know, no information. And then when we finally got the boys, I went and I told Deb, I said, okay, I've got my family. The drama is over. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny, wasn't it? (laughs) uh Drama's over. No more. Hoffman drama is complete. Yeah. Not so much. Until, (sighs) until we decided we 
need a little girl in our family. A little girl, right? and then the drama continued, and then all oh. the and Craig being deployed in the military, and I mean, he had a, a deployment during our infertility. Uh, no, during our adoption work. That so we had to put it on on hold for a year, and then we he had a deployment when the boys were in uh, second half of kindergarten, first half of first grade. Um, you know, I kind of remember a story, and I'd love to hear it when. Um, Craig was deployed and how old would Aubrey have been when oh, he Oh yeah she was just teeny tiny she was like two and so she had always given hugs and kisses you know the computer and um, he when yeah but when he came back you know after that they probably hadn't seen each other in person in nine months um, she I mean yeah it took her a while to warm up because she was used to him being the size of a small box you know of a computer right, screen right and didn't she used to kind of touch the computer? And mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. don't remember. She would all feed the, the computer crackers and, and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And we made all kinds of videos, you know, that we would send mm-hmm. to Craig um, about her growing up because he missed a whole year of her development. And they were and Ellen, they half her, so close. Half yeah. her life, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that had to be tough for him. Mm. I, I can remember how excited he was when he came home and got yeah. to be with his little girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, all this stuff is bringing up lots of emotion. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> I love it. I'll tell you, Lisa, we're getting close to the end of our time. Yeah, and, I know. Um, this was I fun. Just, I, I could hear this story every day <sighs> and love it more every time. So thank you for being open and willing to share that part Great. of your life. It's, well, it's, and now the other thing that I think we're going to do is we did put together a photo show, um, a three-part photo show of our adoption process mm-hmm. um, from our first trip, our second trip, and then bringing the boys home that okay. um, I, we're going to try to put on YouTube underneath um, sidetracked legacies okay. or sidetracked sisters. I will put a link in the show notes if I can figure out how to do that. If you're successful, if I'm successful, I will put the video. It's about a, a three or four minute video um, with the highlights and pictures and a teeny tiny little short video um, about our journey to get the boys in Russia. So oh, that'd be great. I can't yeah, wait. Along with music. Yeah. And it's very sweet. And I've shared it with people before. I think one time I took it to school and unfortunately I couldn't get the music to play. I was able to share pictures, but not the music because yeah, technology and me. Yeah, right. Um, well, so and it's changed a lot since then. It has. It has. Yeah, so I know yeah. right now Craig is trying to get the music to sync. Um, he was playing with it the other night. So hopefully we'll be able to have a link. Like I said, if so, if you're looking at listening to this on Spotify um, or on Anchor or on wherever, I'll, I'll put it in the notes. I'll even put it in Facebook um, in the comments underneath the posting about this episode. So that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Give mul- people multiple ways to find it. Cause yeah, I know they'd great. enjoy it. So it'd be awesome. I mean, we've gotten, it, it brings tears to your eyes. The kids, as soon as they hear it's the Luca and Caden music, um, you know, you hear it <laughs> and it's like, Oh, they got the video on and everybody comes running. So it's oh, great. What a great family memory. I mean, mm-hmm. how many of us have those kinds of things, you know, it's, um, Real special, this time. Really I mean, special. when kids are little, you just don't have that time. So no, we're running in no. 10 different directions and we're working full time and, try, you know, trying to do all the things. And sometimes these special things, you know, fall by the wayside. So well, fortunately, have, we, we caught a few. One of last thing to say to you, Lisa, and that is that when you question that you are 
perhaps giving up short-term income from a job for long-term uh, success in what you're doing. I have to say that you have my sole support in knowing that there are great things for you. And I'm looking oh, forward you. to watching oh, so all sweet. that happen. So oh, appreciate yeah. it, Judy. Okay. Hey, okay. I love you bunches. Okay. Love you too. Take care. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Those beautiful kids. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. And before we call it a wrap, I just want to say that I would absolutely love to hear from you. If you have any questions about what we talked about today or any other topics that you would like to see addressed on the podcast, just go to the Sidetrack Sisters page or the Sidetrack Legacies group on Facebook. We would love to engage with you and grow together on this legacy journey. Don't forget, if you like what you heard, please, please be sure to leave a review for us on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And also, be sure to subscribe or follow us to be notified of new episodes. So that about does it. Thank you so much for listening today. Our goal for this podcast is to inspire you to look at your own life, tap into the memories, find the wisdom, and write it down as a legacy for your loved ones. Until next time, take care. <laughs>